self-proclaimed NFT collector and OG, and now a luxury fashion mogul, G-Money is back on our show. We've had him on about 11 months ago, and since then, wow, the world of G-Money has exploded. From multi-million dollar collector to launching a multi-million dollar brand and community called Admit One. He's even featured in an Adidas commercial. It's great to have him back on the show today. We're going to go deep into the world of luxury fashion, into the world of NFTs, and into the world of G-Money. Subscribe to the show, smash that like button, and let's get into all that and more. My fellow co-host, Stanley. How are you, my friend? Let's get into this today. I am excited to have one of our OG guests back on the show, and so much has happened since then. How are you, my man? I'm doing great. I have to say, that was probably one of the best intros that we've had on this show. Uh, Thank you. Let's bring G right on. G, you should should be privileged, because Yassi went all in on that intro. He blew you up. like You were like a fashion runway model over there. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, thank you. And uh, I will say Yasi is uh, just as uh, enthusiastic in real life when we met uh, last year. So uh, I really, really appreciate the intro. Oh, so Yasi actually knows what you look like. Yeah. One, yeah. One, of, the- <laughs> One of the few. <laughs> yeah, we had the pleasure of meeting at, uh, at VCon, Stanley. I, I know. I know. I know. We're good. We'll get into that story. I know what you look like because I... I I think that's a story that our audience will actually enjoy. And I actually never told that story in the show, but let's let's get into G Money. G, what have you been up to for the last 11 months, man? Um, man, so much. The last 11 months. So obviously, uh, we did the uh, Adidas uh, NFT uh, campaign, right? And uh, Adidas re- came into, into the NFT space, which I thought was really exciting. Uh, and then, you know, after that, you know, when I first got into crypto, when I first got into the NFT space, I was like, my first thought was I want to do something uh, with fashion in the metaverse. But at the time, and this was in like late 2020, I was just like, if people aren't hanging out in the metaverse, why are they going to buy clothes for the metaverse right now? So I was like, I, I thought it was like a few years out. Um, obviously, I was off in my timing, but like, I, it, it's interesting because like, even like I say the entire NFT space. My thesis has been correct, but my timing has been off by like a factor of maybe like 10, right? Because like when I bought my CryptoPunk, uh, you know, and, and I wrote that Twitter thread, that was in early January uh, of 2021. Yeah. And I remember being like, yeah, I'm going to be, I want to sell the first CryptoPunk at, at, at an auction like Sotheby's or Christie's in five years, right? I'm like, I'm going to sell this thing for 5 million bucks in five years. And like, it had like, you know, the Christie sale happened like five months later. So it was just like, wow, like my timing was way off. My thesis was very right, but my timing was off. But I think that's just a testament to how fast the space moves um, and just, you know, how, how much innovation is happening. And I think that happens when you're working on open source networks, right? Where it's like, you know, somebody sees something cool and they're like, well, why don't we tinker with it this way? And they don't have to go back and rebuild all that code from scratch, right? It's like you start building on top of on top of these things. And I think that's what we're seeing in the NFT space as well, right? Where uh, the meta of NFT projects a year, a year and a half ago, a year ago, six months ago is just very different than, than things are now, right? Like I think, what is it now? Uh, 
just this week, people are uh, the free to earn or wh whatever, whatever that meme is that, that people have been pushing with uh, <laughs> the, the daikus, right? Uh, which I, I'm still trying to wrap my head around the, around what that is exactly. But I think you just start seeing the evolution of things, uh, which people are just building on top of each other, right? So when, when I did the Adidas stuff, I was like, okay, now's the time. Like, let's, let's really focus on, you know, just something that I want to see as a consumer, right? Is like there were... I was like, I want to launch my my own my own brand uh, of my own fashion brand because these are just things that I personally want to see, and I'm hoping others want to see them as well, right? So one is the aesthetic, right? Like creating an aesthetic that that I want to see, and then two is uh, getting that verifiable uh, scarcity, right? Is like you know if I'm spending a lot of money on something, I'd like to know is it one of a thousand or one of a hundred thousand, right? Because that affects uh, the resale value, the aftermarket value, and all these things. So. And then gamifying it once the product gets out in the in the real world. So those are those are the things that you know I've been really really focused on pretty much for the last year. Uh, really heads down and focus on. Even though obviously the drop just happened last week, um, this is stuff that I've been working on for a really long time, and I'm excited to start bringing it out into the world. So you've been working on this for now uh, almost a year, and the space has moved much quicker than you anticipated, even yourself. Uh, but let's talk about before we get into the luxury brand that you've launched and all about it and the mechanics and verifiable and everything that makes it so interesting. Let's just talk about Adidas and brands like Nike that have come into the space that you've now collaborated with. Uh, do you think this is a trend that we're going to see uh, accelerate and every fashion brand is going to have to have some kind of NFT offering? Is it going to be across any brand that we know? And how do you see it playing out? You're at the cold face of what these brands are discussing. Um, I think... Every brand, every consumer facing brand will be involved with NFTs at some point over the next wow. decade. That's like, that's my thesis, right? Because it's like, when you think about it, everything in the real world is an NFT, right? So as we move towards more digital lives and like our children and our grandchildren will most definitely spend more time in front of a screen in digital environments than we are, the same way that we spend more time in front of a screen than our parents and grandparents, like, you're going to have to have a way to represent digital ownership, right? And that's going to come through NFTs, right? You need a decentralized ledger so that you're not necessarily at the whims of violating the terms of service, right? Like if I earn uh, a bunch of Starbucks points, right? Uh, because I'm a, a loyalty, I'm, I'm part of the rewards program and I somehow violate the terms of service the way it is right now, you know, like I just lose all my points and I, I can no longer be a loyalty customer. Right. And that's mm -hmm. a crude example. But like it's like ultimately, like those are rewards that you've earned. Right. Like, you know, so why if you want to use them as loyalty points, you should be free to if you want to sell them. Right. The same thing with airline miles, I think. Right. Like I just think we're going to see so many different manifestations of this. Right. Like that um, the possibilities are unlimited. And we're really just at like the really, really early stages of this. So, gee, I got a question because I think you bring up a good point and I agree with you about everything that you're saying. And then we have, like you said, right, like we've been in this thing really for a little less than two years. Right. And the market is consistently changing. And we're talking about it's changing by the day. And yeah. like, you know, no royalties. Yes, royalties. Here's a new platform. Here's this. Everything is free. Everything is not like. Do, how does that kind of affect what's actually kind of the long-term goal and the long-term vision of this? Because as you're describing, and I'm like, I 100% agree with you, right? right? I do think all these brands are going to come in. 
but kind of the the micro the day-to-day of this is like holy shit like you know how many more obstacles are going to come in like how quickly is this change is is this going to survive is this a long-term solution is it not what are your thoughts there i think think we're still in the process of learning right and i think like like people we're experimenting with models that work and models that don't work right and so the and one of the reasons why i like educating and i apologize for the background noise my neighbors are are doing construction and there, there's really, there's no quiet place in my house. So I really, I apologize for that. But um, I think we're just in, in a learning process, right? The same thing that we went through that with DeFi, right? Where it's like, you know, you have forks of forks of forks coming up every day for months at a time. <clears throat> there's gonna be something that works. There's gonna be something that finds product market fit. I, I mean, I can make an argument that NFTs are probably the product market fit for crypto right now. Right. Because it expands uh, that those use cases. Right. Where all of a sudden, you know, five years ago, you didn't really have creatives. You didn't have people like some of the best creatives in the world really looking at crypto because crypto was just a bunch of money games. Right. It's like buy this token. This protocol is going to change the future. Buy it now before everyone comes on 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 the protocol. Right. And now it's almost like we're starting to see those use cases. Right. So it's like, you know, you have NFT projects that are like proof of concept for crypto because People want to collect things because people, we naturally collect things, right? Like when we're all little kids, we don't need somebody to like teach us how to collect like seashells when you go to the beach. We just naturally do it, right? Like this is just things that humans naturally do. So it's it's part of our process, right? And so to me, it's like we're just going to go through different iterations till, you know, and and what works for one project won't work for all, right? And I think we've kind of seen that. Um, and there's going to be different ways to go uh, to skin that cat. I think the one thing I would advise uh, builders, and I know I go through this myself, is like, I think there's like a, a healthy balance between listening to the community and taking feedback and making sure that like you execute your vision, right? Because like, even with like the rollout of Admit One and 90CC and all that is like, you know, I, I originally wanted to launch the brand like two weeks after Admit One came out, right? And here we are, like, you know, it took a month and a half after, right? And that's just because of like holdups in the real world. Like there's not, there's, you know, and there's nothing more that I, you know, supply chain issues and, and you know, things get slowed down. Um, as much as I'd love to move at the speed of light, you know, I can only, I can only go so fast without necessarily like uh, getting, getting slowed down by, you know, manufacturing and stuff like that. So. You know, I have my vision of, of the way I want to execute. I think, you know, it reminds me a lot of uh, like when I bought my punk and people didn't understand it and people were like, oh, you're an idiot. Why would you ever buy this? Right click save. And now here we are, you know, less than 24 months later and people are spending millions of dollars on, on pictures uh, as is. Right. And so, you know, to me, it's like I don't expect everyone to totally understand what I'm what I'm trying to do here. Uh, but that's fine because if everyone did understand it, then the opportunity also wouldn't be there, right? That's true. And and one of the things that I don't fully understand, I would love for you to explain in, uh, you, you mentioned kind of we were chasing uh, money games and you've been involved in a new game called the Internet Game. Uh, mm-hmm. And that seems quite pretty much out there in terms of the bleeding edge of what's happening in this industry. Tell us a bit about what is Internet Game and then we're going to go into the, what does that do for the Admit One World and non-DCC. Yeah, so uh, internet games, I'm super, super excited about. I'm hosting, they had season one, 
uh, it might have been in March. It was in early this year. And it was like kind of like their premise was like, okay, we want to do Squid Games, but online. How do we do that? Right. And so they, I, I think they might have had 3,000 entries or maybe 2,000 entries. I don't remember the exact number. And they were like, it was all like single player games that was almost like, you know, ways, obviously they couldn't, you couldn't cheat, but you had like one ticket port entry. Right. And so it's like, you could buy as many tickets as you want. And that was just like, if you got eliminated, you were done kind of like, you know, squid games on chain. Right. So like one winner at the end, um, they bought, I think the first prize, the first two prizes I think were board apes. Um, you know, and, and when I originally met them, I think I met them in January or February, they came to me and, you know, I think like 10 minutes into their pitch, I'm like, all right, stop the pitch. Like I get it. And then I just started drilling them like on a bunch of things. It was like, I don't know if you guys remember Trivia HQ from like maybe five or six years ago, but that yeah. was like a huge phenomenon, right? Like where every day at 9 p.m. you tune in, uh, you play and like you have a shot at winning the prize. But if like multiple people won, you'd end up winning like a dollar or something, right? But like it was fun. You weren't necessarily doing it for the money, right? And when you look at like, you know, primetime game shows like Wheel of Fortune, Jeopardy that have been on for decades, right? Like uh, deal or no deal, these games that people watch for the entertainment factor, uh, you want to go on and play. And like, they try to make them interactive, right? Cause now like you see, like with the uh, text, this number, text this code to this number, and you know, you get a chance to, to win something, but like, it's not fully there yet. And it's like the tech exists to play, to play these kind of fun, uh, little mini games and have like a real big cash prize so that like, you know, you can have like a hundred dollar entry and you could win like, uh, what are board apes at right now? Like a $150,000 prize. Right. And that's pretty cool. Right. And it's like anybody across the world can enter because it's a purely digital asset. Uh, so when these guys were talking about, it, I'm like, wow, I'm like, this is really cool. You want to talk about onboarding masses. It's through stuff like this, right? Stuff that's exciting stuff. That's fun stuff where it's not like, okay, I spent a hundred dollars now, you know, you're expected to provide me utility uh, forever. Right. Cause I, I just, that's not a viable business model long-term. I think it works great in a bull market, right. Cause it's very, uh, ponzinomical, I guess you could, is the right way to say it. Right. Um, but it's just not a long-term business model. Right. And so I think by, uh, internet games, when I spoke to them in January and I was like, I would love to invest. Uh, and then they asked me to be an advisor and I was like, you know, I, I love the, the concept and the idea because, what the utility is fun, right? And they, they'll tell that to you, right? Like the utility is you have an option, you have an opportunity to win a big prize and you have fun along the way, right? And I think the next step with that is probably like the entertainment value of watching it, right? Like I want to see, you know, and like as the host, uh, you know, myself and Leah Lamar will be co-hosting uh, in about two weeks, the final games. We're going to be watching and commentating on on the play live, right? So like once we get into the top whatever, like, you know, it almost be like watching a sport and I'm going to be one of the commentators, which I think is like another value. Right. Because like I suck at video games, but I wouldn't mind watching somebody that's good at video games and like have a vested interest. Right. And like um, just be entertained by that. Right. We all like watching competition, whether it's sports or, um, you know, like anything spelling bees. Right. Like spelling bees are, are, are on ESPN and and all these different kind of sports. So. I think it's just something that humans like to be part of, like that drama. Uh, and I, I honestly think internet game is really cool, right? Because it's like the bigger, the more, the more people that enter, 
the more money that goes towards the prize pool. Cause like they, so I think first place gets a board ape, but uh, like from the money raised, 60% will be going to buying other prizes that the community can decide, right? So like through discord votes. So it's like, if you own one, you, if you own a ticket, you go in there, you cast your vote. And then you decide is like, you want like, just like three big prizes or do you want a bunch of smaller prizes? I just think it's really cool. How many, and, how many yeah, people are competing now in, Let's see. in the internet games? Um, Let's see. That's, Give me a that's going we're, on. We're getting one of the live, kind of games. live update. How many people are, are there? Uh, right now, there's, oh. looks like there's two, there's 2,000 holders. Uh, there's oh, close to 4,000 tickets. So 4,000 entries. 4,000 tickets. So you got a one yeah. in 4,000 chance if you play these games and win them of winning a board ape for like a hundred bucks. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so That's like, really cool. and they're games of the skill. Games? So it's not, I, I don't really, there's like, it's like, I think five or six mini games and it's not just games of chance. So it is games of skill and you kind of, so like, I think the person that won uh, season one uh, bought 50 tickets. And I think the person that came in second place actually won, got in second place with one ticket. Like, I think they were like, and like, I think the interesting thing is also like this adds to the gamification in between each game so that like you get, you get points for each game. And so then in between the game, so like, let's say you get like a hundred points in game one and that puts you in like the top 50, right? Then before game two, you can sell that ticket to somebody else. And so they can buy your spot. Right. So then like, it's like you can sell it and almost like cash out and give somebody else that option. If they're like, oh man, like if I was in the top 50, like I would definitely win. So there's, there's like a cat, there's like a surrender value, right. Almost. And there's going to be like an in-game player economy going on while you're playing this game, which I think is really cool. Like even in my discord, uh, people are just hopping, hopping in. Like we, we created a thread where people are just talking about strategy of like, okay, like do we, band all our tickets together and split the, the pool prize or, you know, like, is it every man for himself or whatever? Talk strategy. It's, it's really cool. Like, uh, I will say this from the engage from every time I post on internet game, uh, people that have played season one were like super, like, they're like so excited. They're like, this is the most fun thing I've done in the space. And I think that is really exciting to hear because, Again, it's not about crypto. It's like this would be fun whether it's crypto or not. The fact that you can you have the option to win like a huge cash prize is like a bonus, right? Well, I, I think the two things you said you said that, that kind of stand out, right? Like you're you're you have an opportunity to onboard the masses, right? Right. And and, and that's everybody wants to play a game, everyone wants to win a prize, everybody kind of wants and and YouTubers have hundreds of millions of views than watching play Fortnite. people watch and play right. Fortnite. so yeah i mean i i, I do it myself right like i will just watch like sick Fortnite players play because it's just entertaining right so it's like if you're you're watching somebody play and it's good it, there, there's there's entertainment value there i love that the utility that you said you know our utility is fun uh, that is something that you know we're talking in the in the industry what's the utility what's the utility fun is forever uh, and fun is priceless and fun brings on everyone. Uh, so it definitely has the scope, like of the name, to take on the internet and have everyone around the world playing at the same time. I love it. I, I think it's really uh, disruptive think, in, what, in what can be done. And honestly, like, I think this is one of those things that I, I feel like it's going to be like this snowball that's building as more people find out about it in the space. <laughs> and then, you know, it's just like one of those things, like if I'm a sick video game player and you're telling me over the course of a week, 
uh, I can I have the chance to win something uh, that's worth a couple hundred thousand dollars with like a hundred dollar entry, right? That, like that's a, a Cinderella story, right? We see that in sports all the time. You see that in tournaments all the time, and and those are those are cool and fun things where it's like, yeah, you know. I, and I, is it any me, game? I'm sorry. Is it any game? Is, is it is it established games or are they creating their own games? Um, I, I believe it's like there's similar games to kind of stuff we see out there. So I know there's one that's very similar to Super Mario uh, Smash Brothers, where I think it's kind of like you have to bump people off the platform and last last person standing wins the round. So like there is skill involved. Right. So it's like there is I think there's an element of single player games and then multiplayer games. Uh, so I, I just think it's exciting. I just think it's really exciting. It's very exciting. And, but, but I think a lot of people don't realize that, like what you said, the tech is what makes it happen, right? right. The tech is there. You're bringing people from all different walks of life together to play a game. And right. I think when, when people talk about you know, NFTs, they, they talk about you know, a JPEG on the internet, they talk about crypto being fake and all this thing. But the tech is is there, right? And I think, uh, you know, like guys like us who are sitting here and are passionate about the industry, it's really the tech that's the driving force that you're able to, whatever you could think of from a creative standpoint of view, you could then go build it and then a bunch of people come in and can right. actually, and, you know, have and, fun there. And to that point, right, is like, it's a worldwide thing, right? Because if you think about this from like, even let's say something like Trivia HQ, you know, it's only available in certain, you know, territories, right, where uh, you probably need to KYC and there's regulation. So like, you know, if you're in a country where it's banned, you can't play. Right. But because of the nature of crypto, it's international. Right. Like it's it's uh, you don't need to KYC. Right. Because it's by by wallet. Right. And like I think this adds the element of like anybody could win. Right. Like, uh, you know, somebody in India could win just as much as somebody in the United States, which. I think is super interesting, which to your point is like, it's all established by the tech. So tell us about, tell us about the new brand. 90CC. Uh, so this is the shirt, you know, I'm, I'm wearing it. I've been like, I've, I've been wearing samples of this shirt for a few months now and I love it. Um, it, it really stemmed from the fact of there were a couple of things that I, I really wanted to see uh, from a consumer as a consumer in the space. Right. Uh, the first was I wanted to have like I'm no I'm known for my crypto punk. Right. Like when you look me up on Twitter, you see my crypto punk on Instagram, you see it. But that does. And I love my crypto punk. I love my identity. But that doesn't necessarily mean I want to walk around with a picture of my crypto punk on a T-shirt everywhere I go. That's just not how I dress in the real world. And what I have found was I want to, me personally, I want to showcase that I'm a crypto native in the real world without necessarily having to wear an aesthetic that I might not like, right? So it's like, you know, I, I don't maybe, I, again, like I don't want to put my crypto punk on a shirt, um, but I still want to signal that I'm crypto native and I want to still buy a high quality product, right? So it's like, you know, of course, I can walk into uh, a Dior store, a Louis Vuitton store or whatever, but I can walk out wearing that shirt, but that won't signal that I'm crypto native to anybody, right? I still would have to be like, hey, look at like my OpenSea profile, look at all my NFTs, like, you know, look at how cool I am on the internet, right? But like, to me, it's like, I, what I hope to achieve with 90CC is a way to, to deliver a high quality product that's on par with your heritage brands, but can also signal to the real world 
that you are a crypto native without you having to necessarily be all in their face with like uh, a cartoon or something, right? And it's just a different aesthetic. So that was one uh, that I wanted to solve for. Two was as somebody that spends uh, money, a lot of money on maybe like a shirt or a handbag or whatever, whatever sneakers, whatever it is, I would like to know how many of them are existence, right? Is this one of a thousand or one of a hundred thousand, right? Like I said earlier. Uh, so, so that was two, right? Uh, and then three is once the product gets out into the real world, to me, that's when you can start having a lot of fun with, with gamification and, and, you know, and getting people to, to wear it, right? And to be proud to wear it. So that I'm not, I'm not ready to share uh, much on that yet because I, you know, we still have a couple of weeks for delivery. Uh, but to me, that's like the most exciting part. But like steps one and two were integral in order for step three to happen, right? Because if I created a design that nobody, you know, wanted to wear or nobody really liked, then, you know, steps two and three are kind of worthless, right? So it all started with the design uh, and then implementing these things that me personally wants to see in the real world that it's like, I don't think this exists out there. So I'm just going to go out and make it. So you've, you've made this brand and you launched it and you launched it with a pretty interesting mechanism and way to bring it to the world. Tell us about the thinking behind that and why that's such a game changer. Um, which, which mechanism specifically you have, you have this, uh, one kind of authentication of supply. Uh, so people know that, you know, how many are in circulation, you've got this ability for it to sit, sit in a vault, uh, talk yeah. through all of the stuff that drives the kind of thinking that you're incorporating into luxury and fashion, these mechanics that are kind of crypto native and maybe not so apparent to people on why that's such a big thing that now these two things are combining. Right. Yeah. So, you know, first off, there was uh, the allow list was for admit one holders, right? The only people that could mint it uh, were admit one holders. And the reason why I did that and, you know, obviously when I released admit one, I was very deep into the planning of 90cc. And it was like, OK, if I'm going to be launching product. Right. And, and this is one of the things that happens with sneaker drops. Right. Is like, you know, drops, you know, a pair of Yeezys comes out tomorrow and it sells out in five seconds. But because there's no transparency, you don't know, like, was it all bought by like five people and they're the ones that are reselling it or was it actually distributed out there? Right. But because of the nature of blockchain, there's a lot of transparency there as to, you know, how many people, you know, how many unique wallets have this. Right. And if they if they do want to buy it, they have to buy multiple passes in order to do it. Right. So um, I thought that to me was like, you know, part of what releasing admit one into the wild was to kind of create that allow list so that I wouldn't have to create it every single time because anybody that's done any drop, right? Like your number one fear is getting botted, right? And, you know, if you get botted, that kind of ruins the entire community out of the gate. So the most, the, the best way that you can solve for that is by creating an allow list. And, you know, that's basically what uh, admit one uh, became for, for 90cc, right? And so, when uh, I then went, we were talking about the mechanics of the drop. It's like, okay, admit one. Uh, there was a forty-eight hour, a forty-eight hour window where everyone in admit one uh, could mint one, right? Guaranteed mint if they wanted one. And then there was a twenty-four hour window where if you wanted to mint more, you then had that option and that opportunity, right? And that sold out in uh, one hundred and thirteen seconds, which blew me away. I thought it would be, I thought it would wow. happen within like an hour and a half. Uh, and the fact that it happened so quickly was uh, 
was really humbling, right? And so uh, I thought that was really cool. Uh, and so what, what we sold was uh, NFTs, right? When we shot our lookbook, we took the six best photos that, that we liked that were representative of the entire look, and we made them um, NFTs. They're, the lookbook was shot by Justin Aversano, who's a dear friend of mine and an amazing photographer in the NFT space. Uh, it was uh, stylized by Simon Rasmussen, who is a, a very well-known uh, stylist within the fashion world. Uh, and the models that we use were all members of the NFT space, members of the community, right? And so that to me was like, okay, this is like us showcasing our brand with our community members uh, shot by like a really well-known photographer and a, and a good friend within the space. Uh, so each, each different uh, portrait, each different look represents a different size, right? So that, you know, maybe because I wanted to implement that idea of gamification from day one, right? It's like, you know, you have three options upon mint, right? Do you mint the size that you want to wear? Do you mint the size that you want to flip? Or do you mint the size where you like the where you like the actual photography the most, right? So, you know, as the end user, you get to choose how, how do you want to participate in the 90cc ecosystem, right? So that was step one. Step two is now, you know, uh, in about three or four weeks, hopefully, uh, depending on supply chain, right? Uh, when the product gets delivered to the vault in 4K, who's our vaulting partner, you will then get airdropped an NFT, which represents your shirt in their vault. And at that point, you have a second decision to make. Do you keep it in the vault and keep it in uh, mint condition so that it's never worn? Or do you take physical delivery of that shirt and then, you know, maybe get, you know, special perks or something for wearing it in public, right? So then you as the user, you have to decide is like, do I keep it in mint condition? And hopefully this becomes a collectible over time. Uh, and because it's in mint condition, it will go up in value. Or do I think I can get more value by wearing it in the real world? This, right? this adds a whole dimension between like the consumer, the user, the brand, and like how it plays out in real time, which I don't think anyone has ever been able to do before. Like, how do you reward people for either wearing the brand and what's going to happen down the line if you do that? Almost like internet game, like you can play the game by wearing the brand or you can play the game by holding it back and trading it. Uh, and you as the, the kind of company behind it, the brand behind it, can start figuring out, well, how do we want to shape the narrative of this brand? How do we want to bring people into it? Do we want more people wearing? Do we want people producing supply? It's, in, it's, it's ingenious in how it can all play out. Uh, over time. And I don't know if other brands are already on this type of pulse of what you're doing. Like you said earlier, you're kind of two steps ahead. Uh, but I can see the kind of possibilities of what you're doing with this. It's incredible. So sorry for interrupting. I'll let you and, continue. And, and I, I was just I think, excited. I think Thank you, you just convinced me to buy a second one. I, 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 I was love lucky, lucky <laughs> enough to knit one. And uh, now I'm like, shit, I want to have one to wear and I want to have one to keep in the vault. And yeah. and. and, and and like over time, right? Like that, the, the shirts in mint condition, it's like, that's deflationary, right? Because, you know, let's say, you know, 400 remain vaulted out of the gate, right? Then that number are, is gonna only go down because I'm hoping that at some point people are just like, okay, like I wanna wear this in the real world. Like I'm gonna unvault it and wear it, right? So that number like will only be deflationary because there's only, there's only ever going to be 1,111 iteration ones, right? Like I'm never going to make this colorway in this pattern again um, because that like for the same reasons that like the original Supreme box logo is worth significantly more than like other box logos that are, you know, same, same concept, but just different colorways. 
And like people know, it's like, if you know, you know, right? Like people are like, oh, I know Supreme. But if you're really deep in the Supreme ecosystem, you're like, oh yeah, that's a very rare shirt. Like that one's more rare than this one. Like that's, you know, if I'm really into the, into the Supreme culture, I want to buy that shirt. But, you know, but there's also like options for everybody else, right? Yeah, it's collectibles 101, right? I mean, I, yeah. I think if, if, if you had the opportunity to pull a Mickey Mantle rookie card and put it in the vault right away and have it sit there, I think everybody would take that option, right? Because you know right. it's going to be in, in I, I supreme condition. I appreciate you Mickey Mantle. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, 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 I'm trying to give you a lot of problems. But yeah, I mean, look, I think collective, I think that's where like I come from sports cards and I think, you know, that the, and we talked about on the show a million times, the fact that it's limited amounts, right. The fact that there's a decision to be made um, and you don't want to make the wrong decision. And even if you did make the wrong decision, it's still deflationary, right? Because now there's only a certain amount of those shirts sitting in the vault or being worn. So the, it, it cuts it in half or whatever the percentage is. It, it makes sense. And I think it's smart. And I think that's what collectors want. That's why collectors collect. That's why people and buy like, limited edition Rolexes. Right. And, and to that point, right, is like, you know, the interesting thing with sports cards, right, and I'm, I'm sure this changes as the tech evolves over time, is like, you know, right now, let's say there's, you know, uh, 50 PSA 10s of like the LeBron James tops rookie or, or whatever have you, right? But like one could, an extra one could pop up tomorrow or somebody could be like, oh, yeah, like I have 50 of them sitting in my basement, right? So it's like, you, you have an idea of what the scarcity is, but you really don't know, right? And it's like, new ones could pop up and like, they could be fakes, right? They could be very good fakes. I, you, yes, you probably they, know they that better than me. Um, but, but it also but, solves a, a big question that I was wondering when I saw you guys launch this was like, well, if I buy the shirt and I wear it, then I'm going to like, over time, it's a shirt. It's going to it's gonna erode and I won't be able to wear it anymore. And I'm like, I'm destroying hundreds of dollars of value. I get the utility of, of wearing the brand. Uh, but what you're saying is actually by wearing it, you actually may be rewarded for doing so, not just from the utility of you get of signaling you're in crypto, you're a high fashion person, you know what's going on in culture, but there's also potentially rewards down the line for representing the brand and for being that and for bringing it to the market. Right. Yeah. And, and I think it, it comes down to the question of, you know, for every brand, right? Like, and I think this is true for pretty much all businesses, right? Is like, 80% of the profits come from 20% of like verticals, right? And so, you know, 80% of, let's say, customer value will probably come from 20% of, you know, the, the customer base, right? And so it's like, as a brand, right? Like, and I'm sure like a lot of these luxury brands and every brand in general is probably like, this is our target demo because this is where we have like the most valuable customer, right? And the question becomes is, is your most valuable customer the person that spends the most money or the person that reps the brand the most, right? Like, I think that's a very interesting question, right? And mm -hmm. I think uh, now that we have uh, like these, these, this capability of having a network product out in the wild, uh, I think we're going to be able to get a lot, a lot more information on the relationship uh, between the, the end user and the brand, as well as like how that relationship can be increased, right? And, and I mean, I guess how you did the allow list and started at Mint One was very smart as well. Uh, I was lucky enough yeah. to find you at VCon, uh, where um, 
I knew you were there. We were, we were uh, kind of t- going back and forth on Instagram. Uh, and then I'm like, oh, I don't really know what G looks like, but I'm going to see because I'm going to hear him speak. They bring out this big curtain <laughs> and see what, what you look like, what you're wearing. And I'm like, it's all right. I'm going to find this guy backstage. I go backstage <laughs> and I'm like, I, I, don't, I don't know who he is. I have no idea. I hit you up. You're like, yeah, I'm backstage. Can't find you. You don't get back to me. So then I, um, my buddy texts me. He's like, you just posted a picture. This is the outfit he's wearing. I found <laughs> you backstage. And I'm like, what's up? And the first thing you said to me is like, how did you know who I am? <laughs> and I said, don't worry about it. I have my sources. But I think uh, it, it was definitely great to meet in real life. And, uh, you know, you said to me, you took my phone and you, you, you said, here's some alpha. And you, and you gave me the POAP, which I had no idea what you were doing. But, and it gave me the admit one ticket, right? I gave you a POAP, right? Which was proof that we met, right? It's basically an on-chain autograph. Uh, and that put you on the allow list for admit one. You well, gave him a twenty thousand dollar present. Well, 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 that, well, first of all, let's put it in dollar terms. Well, I mean, yeah. listen. By that point, right? I knew it was launching like three days later, right? Four days later. So uh, the wheels were in motion at that point, you know. And I told you, I'm like, here's the alpha. I didn't tell you anything else. I think you asked me. I'm like, just, I'm like, just, just keep an eye on my socials, right? Like that. That I think that's all I said. No, but I think the way you did it, right? And listen, I and I saw you give it out to a few other people there and nobody had any idea. And I don't even know, you know, some people I'm sure didn't even mint it, right? Because it, it, didn't, it didn't mint out, right? It didn't mint out. Of, no, well, of the whole... it's, it's funny because, you know, I, I'd obviously been giving out that POAP for probably close to eight or nine months at that point. And there were a lot of people that hit me up once the admit one mint went live. They're like, oh my God, you give me a POAP like, you know, six months ago, like, you know, can you, uh, can I get on the list? I'm like, no, dude, like you had to have minted it like within like 14 days of when I gave it to you. And like, you know, the, the allow list is already set, right? Like we already took the snapshot. Yeah. You know, but it was just one of those things. It's just like, if I, if I'm going to run around and tell people, right. It's like, I think it's, it's what happens a lot in the, in the space where because people are trying to pump the price of something or they want the excitement to build, they're like, no, this is going to give you alpha or blah, 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 whatever. Right. And all that excitement builds is like I wanted to do this as low key as possible because I wanted it to be as organic as possible. Right. Because like if I went around telling people a year ago, be like, hey, if you meet me and I give you a po-op, you're going to get something uh, big uh, later. Uh, Then like people would have been farming them. People would have been like trying to crack it or whatever. To me, it was this was the most organic way to build a community uh, because I also didn't want bots. I didn't want one person to mint like. 10% 10% of the supply, right? It's like, I wanted it to be very well distributed. Like I, I'm super proud of the fact that we have a thousand uh, NFTs and 890 something unique holders, right? Unique wallets, which is like, I think insane distribution because most most communities don't have that kind of distribution uh, out of the gate. Uh, and that to me is something that I really wanted to solve for. And honestly, I'm in that discord and it is one of the, best discords that i've been in because it is really? thank you I, it means no a lot. it really is i mean and we were in there the other day we were talking about like golf and i think it was the day uh that that, that your t-shirt launched and it you could just tell that all the people in that discord are you know genuinely interested in the space moving forward right it's not 
it's not flippers. It's not, you know, it, it's, it's real kind of real conversation, real meaningful conversation. And everybody, obviously, you know, they have a, you know, a benefit. They want your brand to succeed. They believe in it. Uh, but, but I think more than that, they believe in the space and every, yeah. every conversation that I've seen that happens in there, it's, 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 it's people that are trying to move the, the, the space well, forward and it's not a bunch of shit talking and BS that you see. Well, well, yeah. And that's one of the things that I was really, really cognizant of, right. Is like, and that's why there's no sales bot channel, even though people wanted that. I'm like, no, I don't want the focus here to be on price, right? Like, it's like, if you're focused on price, like, I hope you make money. I hope you buy, I hope you sell it higher. Uh, whatever, but that's not really my concern. My concern is to get a group of people together that want to do something that's going to be, you know, hopefully we look back at this 10, 20 years from now and be like, holy shit, like what, what was going on in there changed the future for the better, right? That's kind of ultimately what I want. So uh, the fact that, that you say that makes me feel really, really good. Um, really. No, and really, I really mean it. It's, yeah. it's, 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 it's cool shit. I have one last question for you on yeah. my side. I mean, your life has, I'm assuming, significantly changed in in the last year. We see you yeah. on socials, traveling the world, you know, fas yeah. Paris fashion show, pictures with living the good life. Uh, well, I think you know, like I'm I'm assuming you know, big brands are coming to you and say, hey, you obviously know what you're talking about. You know what you're doing. Do you do you like like how do you take that all in? Like, what what is it? Is it surreal? Is it is it believable? Are you in grind mode or is it just like sometimes you're like, holy shit, this is really it's, happening to I, me? I'll say this, like the pressure like definitely is, is high, right? Because especially now, because I've been building out one, my organization, two, I have this community that I want to deliver for. Um, so I'd say the pressure is definitely increased. Uh, I very much operate like it, it's crazy because like I think it was Emmett Smith that, that said this quote where he was like, the reason why he didn't really do touchdown dances was because he expected to score a touchdown, right? Like he expected to be in there every time he got the ball. So it was just like, yeah, like this is just, this is just business, right? Like this is, this, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. And like, I very much operate with that where it's like, it's funny when the Adidas drop actually happened. And like, you know, as a team, we were like really, really happy with it. And I was just like, all right, cool. This is amazing. All right, what's next? Like, let's, what, what are we going to do next? Because yeah, like this was expected. Like we were like, I was expecting this to happen. Now let's go do the next big thing. Like let's, let's go crush it again. Uh, so I'm definitely in grind mode because I definitely don't think um, we're anywhere near the penetration that, that we need to see happen. And I think we're just so early on in the growth curve and so many industries are still going to get like, nothing's been disrupted yet. Like, you know, art is just starting to get disrupted, right? And, you know, here we are two years ago from when, like, really art, uh, at the art market really started taking off in the NFT space. And this is about to happen in every vertical on the planet. So, like, you know, it, I, it's, you know, I'll, I'll sit back and relax and be like, okay, cool. Like, that was awesome. But it's like, all right, what's the next big thing? Like, what are we working on next? And I, I've been fortunate enough to, to be having such good high-level conversations uh, that, you know, are, are really exciting. And like, when I get off of them, like, and I'll, I'll ping my team, I'm like, Hey, like this person at, at this place just reached out to me. Like, what, like, what do you think we could do with them? What do you guys, what do you, what, what do you guys want to see? Right? Like what, what can we do? That's exciting. Um, so, but, and also it's like the opportunity to say no. Right. Cause there's so many people that pick me on stuff that I'm just like, ah, 
I mean, that's cool. It's just not really, you know, authentic to me or what I want to work on. I can refer you to somebody that maybe uh, is more in line with, with your values, but like, it's just not exactly what I want to do. Right. And so I think having that opportunity to say no has been fun. Uh, I think the, the fact that it's happening to me now, uh, as opposed to maybe 10 or 20 years ago when I was a little younger, I think has definitely helped, right? And it not getting to my head because I, I know how hard life can be, right? That like there are ups and there are downs. And, you know, like I, I think it, it's funny because I, I have a trading background, right? And people, we always say that like, if you're a trader and you're just getting started and you're immediately successful out of the gate, that's like, that's probably the worst possible thing that can happen to you because then you think that that success is guaranteed, right? Like when you grind it out and you, you know, you're like, I don't know if I can do this. I'm not sure if I can survive uh, the learning curve that gives you that grit to kind of go out there and go through the motions every single day, even if you're not getting the results that you want to see. So, you know, I think if this had happened to me when I was really young, uh, you know, I, I probably would have squandered it away by this point. Uh, I think that it's happening to me uh, a little older in, in my life that like I have the experience uh, and knowledge that like life isn't always roses and, and, and uh, whatever, roses and something, right? Smelling good. I, and I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, there, there is, roses there, and caviar. And yeah, roses and caviar. Champagne dreams. There you go. Well, congratulations, my man. I think it's, uh, it's well-deserved. You, you went into the space head on. You put your heart and soul into it and you're always accessible to speak to people uh, about why you think this is the future. So congratulations on the launch of 90CC. My last question is why the name? Where's the inspiration behind that? Yep. So 90CC, when, whenever I send my wallet address to people, and they want to send me money. I know my wallets by the last four digits, right? Because I always copy and paste and I make sure that I copy and paste the last four digits. So you have the entire wallet address. And so I was like, yeah, like, you know, what's more crypto native than naming the brand after the wallet? That's the source of truth. Right. And so the last four digits are the wallet that acts as the, uh, the provenance of all the products that um, we put out there. Right. So the NFTs that are linked to the physical uh, are, you know, they come through the 90cc wallet. So that to me was like, yeah, like this is, you know, it's not intimidating that if you don't know crypto, you're just like, all right, that's just like a cool, like new brand. But if you do know, you're like, oh shit, that's the wallet. That's the source of truth. Like if I want to yeah. verify that this came from it, like, you know, oh shit, this is it. I, I think that's genius. And I think the fact that you thought about these things, right. That just shows that's how you build a brand, right. Every nook and cranny, everything is thought of. There's, there, there's kind of strategy behind everything, and there's creative behind everything. And that's like when you're, you know, picking stocks or buying NFTs or whatever it might be. Like as an investor, that's what I'm looking for, right? I'm looking for the operator to be very thoughtful and somebody that is literally sleeping, breathing, eating this brand, this business, and just like that point alone. If you were at a pitch meeting, pitching me on your company, that, that's, kind, that's kind of what would make, make it stand out. Take me money. It clicks and it makes sense. So kudos yeah. to you, bro. Yeah. No, thank uh, you. I appreciate it. And I also think that like, you know, my background in finance and understanding businesses to your point, right, is like, you know, I, I've invested in over a hundred projects in the last year and a half. Like I, 
I know what I look for in founders and I know what to look for in businesses, right? Like I've seen businesses scale from, you know, uh, a few tens of millions to billions of dollars, uh, just trading public equities and seeing, you know, what gets done right, what doesn't get done right, what can, what could have a founder have done better, right? And so, you know, I think a lot of that uh, also adds in, right? Because I think, you know, business is uh, creativity and also like financial acumen, right? And it's like one thing to be a creative, but if you can't like execute and execute on a budget um, and understand that, then, uh, you know, we, we, you, you have just as terrible issues if, as if you're not a, not a creative, right? One, one last question and we'll let you go. Uh, give us some alpha. Give us, give us, uh, you know. Well, we've got the alpha. Life. Admin one, nine BCC. No, but I, I want to. How much more alpha are, do you want? I want to. Give me, give me one or two projects that you're bullish on. You know. Um, I mean, besides nine BCC? Like besides. Obviously pitching. besides nine BCC. Um, we, we, we spent 47 minutes on nine yeah. We're all bullish. Um, okay. I, I mean, listen, I love squiggles. I, I, I sound like a broken record. I just think, you know. Swiggles, I think, hit uh, the floor. I think it started to pump uh, recently because I think uh, people have been tracking Kevin Rose starting to buy yeah. uh, in bulk. Uh, I, I think long term, I think Snowfro is going to go down as, you know, one of the leaders of the generative art movement. I'm blessed to, to have him as a friend in my life uh, and doing something cool there. I, I think his here's your alpha. His his Twitter post. Uh, earlier this week on Monday, uh, talking about Artblocks as a platform uh, was very interesting. I think people should should uh, should keep an eye out for that. Like I know people people hopped in the Discord and we were chatting about it. Uh, but I I'm, I'm say excited. it one more time for the people with short attention spans. Uh, yeah, I mean Snowfro put out a Twitter post on like you know Artbox as a platform and the future of. Uh, just generative things uh, in general, and at, at, in one of the one of the posts on the threads, he mentions 90cc, and um, I think Amazing. it's really interesting. I'll, I'll okay, leave it something interesting there might be something coming. In the something there might, might be coming. There. The there we go. We also know Snowpro is doing immense uh, uh, for and, uh, uh, and, uh, uh, crypto, crypto uh, Mexicans. Is that is that what they're calling them? Crypto Mexicans, exactly. Is doing something new, so that'll be interesting. Uh, excited to see what comes from there. Uh, G Money, always great to have you on the show. Been a tremendous 11 months. We look forward to having you on in 11 months' time and being even come more on, tremendous and seeing what's make, coming uh, on. We make before then. I, you know, like I, I've been meet, like it's funny because you guys were, were hitting me up to come on, and I was like, I just don't really have anything to talk about. I'm like, because I think even after admit one, I was like, just give me like another few weeks, and like I, I then I'll have a lot to talk about, right? Because like. I, I think especially after admit one drop there, I was still just holding too much info back uh, because I didn't want to tease the brand before it was, it was too early. Uh, but now uh, again, like I think in a few, in a few months time, I think once the product starts getting out in the wild, I think people will start seeing uh, a little closer to the vision that, that I'm, I'm trying to do. Wonderful. Awesome brother. We wish you all the best and uh, everybody knows where to find G money. Just, 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 just look for that ape on Twitter. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed the show. We had some fun. We'll see you guys soon. Thanks for having me on.